Hello everyone, welcome back to my product chat series. My name is Rafeda. Today our product chat guest is Vidya, someone who I regularly follow for amazing product management related content. Vidya has so many accomplishments and is definitely an inspiration for me. Vidya is a product manager, speaker, singer. She has started her career at Microsoft first and currently works at Meta leading integrity and well-being for new messaging products across Messenger and Instagram. Vidya has given over 100 talks on product management and careers in tech. Wow, that's an achievement. There's so much to share about her and learn from her. So honored to have you here today to share your insights about PM. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited that I get to speak to you as well, Rupeda. Yes, thank you. Vidya, uh, yeah, let's start with the basics. You have a lot of accomplishments. I would love to know about your journey, your background, and how, you're, how you got into product management. Yeah, my story is probably pretty boring, uh, <laughs> to be honest, because I did my bachelor's and master's in computer science, and I'm one of the very few people probably who started her career as a product manager. Okay. So I've been in the industry for 10 years now, and uh, back then when I started my career, PM was not really a you know, well-sought-after role. Uh, I think QA was more in demand back then, and uh, obviously software engineering. So everybody wanted to be a software engineer. I thought I wanted to be a software engineer as well mm-hmm. until I came across this role called product management. And I was like, well, let's let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like something that I would enjoy doing. And I had an opportunity to interview for an internship experience with Microsoft. So I, yeah. I thought process I had was, well, it's a three month deal, right? Yeah. If I like it, then great. I would have found myself a career path. If not, great. I would go back to being a software engineer. That's how it started. And I did a, a PM internship at Microsoft. I really liked it. It's mm-hmm. that, you know, I think I would be lying if I said I understood everything about the role in three months, but it felt like something I could see myself doing for much longer. So I got a full-time offer uh, at the end of my internship and I came back to Microsoft and year something later. Mm-hmm. So... Ten years uh, later, I'm still here doing, okay. <laughs> doing management. I'm still being a PM, so I guess I like it after all. Yeah, who knew that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing, um, I just wanted to know, like one thing you love about PM and one thing maybe you dislike. Uh, there's plenty I love and there's plenty that I dislike as well. Oh. <laughs> it's hard to pick one. Maybe I'll give a few. Uh, things that I love about being a product manager is um the fact that you are probably one of the first to encounter or notice or and or or solve a problem um so i really like um chaotic i i like managed chaos let's put it that way mm-hmm. and you know when i see a problem be it you know a people problem or be it you know uh, a team problem or be it a technical problem uh if it's not solved it gives me some kind of a weird to go solve it I really love I have felt it many times in my career where damn I see a problem and I also see all the dots that I should could connect to solve that problem and I think you know that whole process of identifying a problem and solving it along with in in the journey you bring along a lot set of people right Mm -hmm. that that end to end I think I, I really love about being a PM. And secondly, I also I am a very people person. I, I really thrive in others' energy. 
And as a PM, you get to you get to work with a lot of people, mm -hmm. right? A lot of XFNs from you know software engineering to product design to content design to legal to policy to marketing, right? So on at any typical day, I think a PM interacts with far more XFNs than probably any other role. And that's something that I also really enjoy doing because I personally learn a lot. I mean, I think, you know, if you've been doing a, a role for a set amount of time, you develop some sort of thinking, right? And now when you go and interact with a whole bunch of other people, you start embracing the uniqueness that they bring to the table. Yes. Right? And I really enjoy that. And then there are a lot of times when I speak to somebody and they ask me something and I'm like, damn, you know, I never thought about that. Why did I not think about that? Right. So I really love the fact that, you know, I, I get to work with a lot of people. Um, now, things that I dislike about product management in general are um, PMs, you know, even though they work with a lot of people, and this might be counterintuitive to what I said before, it is it can sometimes be a very lonely job. How? Because. Um, especially as you, you know, grow in your seniority, um, you are often the only PM working across a very large set of XFN teams. Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes you get to work with 30, 40 XFN teams, but you are still the only PM, right, working with all of them. And most of them, you probably work with 10 engineers or 15 engineers or three product designers or two people from the marketing team. Everybody almost always has some pair, but you still are the only PM. And I don't think a lot others can truly empathize with the types of trade-offs and decisions and problems a PM faces. Mm -hmm. right? So a lot of times, you know, if you don't have the right support system around you, right, as a PM, it can be very lonely and it can also, you know, be very draining because you are constantly trying to, you know, help shield others and, you know, communicate on behalf of your team to make sure that you arrive at the right outcome. And there's not many people to, you know, who can truly empathize with everything that happens behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. You present decisions, but very, very, very few people, if at all any, actually understand what happened behind those decisions. Mm -hmm. And a PM probably is, in often cases, the only person who knows the entire story end to end, right? So yeah, that's something that I've I've embraced. You know, now I and I I think I've gotten to a position where I understand when I'm drifting towards that path and I have the right support system for me at work who can truly empathize. And oftentimes I've noticed that the people who can empathize are PMs. So just making sure that you have the right, you know, structure at work can really go a long way there. Makes sense. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. Like this is lonely definitely like when I'm thinking about it because it's been only a couple of months since I started working as a product manager and when I'm thinking about it that's so right like I'm speaking to engineers on a daily basis like there's three to four at least three to four of them and then there's other teams as well with three to four people at least yeah. and then there's product managers but no one exactly so, yeah that makes sense yeah um, how about like when you go to a team, like what does a PM offers to the team? To your team or to a partner team or to any team? Any team in general. Um, if I had to answer this in one word, I would say clarity. I think if a PM brings clarity in what problem should be solved, who should it be solved for? Why is it a problem? Why are we the right people to solve? 
why is now the right time to solve? Then comes how do we solve, right? And then who do we partner with to solve? And then comes everything else in execution, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of PMs, I think, jump the gun and just look at the first problem they see or they think is a problem and then jump into solving, right? But I think great PMs really try to bring a lot of clarity on the why before even looking at the hows, right? Like if you're able to understand very clearly and bring that clarity on why is this something that we should be solving right now and why are we uniquely positioned to solve? I think that's the biggest um, you know, contribution a PM can make because you have other XFN who are probably far more efficient mm -hmm. and have far more knowledge and figuring out the next steps. Right. Right. Like at that point, I think of PMs as merely an orchestrator. Right. Uh, once you bring clarity and once everybody is on board that this is the right problem we should be solving now, then it's just connecting the dots and bringing all the right people to the discussion. Right. You're just an orchestrator at that point trying to connect the dots. Right. Yeah. Really good points. Yeah. Because when I am at this particular job and the first day I was told, like I started like a month ago when I started this job, the first thing they told me, don't take like what we are saying as the solution or a problem or anything. Yeah. You ask your own questions because if you don't ask your own questions, you will not get anywhere. Yeah. So I can definitely link to your point. Yeah. Um, a connecting question. So you already mentioned some bits and pieces, but just want to know like what's in a day of a life of product manager? I would say, you know, there is no two days that look exactly the same for a PM. Uh, and I think um, a lot of other factors contribute to how a PM's uh, day can be shaped. One of that is uh, where are you in, you know, in, in the product life cycle or where are you in the calendar year? Right. Roughly speaking, there will be a few months where a PM is heads down on figuring out, you know, just planning, right? Mm -hmm. Like probably if your company does half yearly planning, then there's probably a good month and a half to two where a PM is heads down and a lot more focused on planning for the next half or the next quarter or whatever cadence your company, you know, operates under. And then comes, you know, there probably will be more a few months where it's more strategic, strategy heavy. Right. So a PM is, you know, working with a smaller group of XFN to come up with the right strategy for a particular piece of problem. Right. And then most PMs, I think uh, their days would be execution heavy. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I say execution heavy, this is when you are actually getting things done along with your XFN. So this could be coming up with success metrics or coming up with guardrails, figuring out how to run the experiment, figuring out the right cohort, figuring out the right segmentation, figuring out this tech problem that needs to be solved like these are all like you know different you know smaller parts that contribute to a project or product successfully being executed and built right uh, most pms i think most pms calendars are execution heavy uh, again depending upon where you are and how how senior you are right if you're more junior you're probably more focused on execution if you're more senior then you probably have you know execution but also a lot more strategic if you are a manager then you probably are mostly focused on the strategic aspects and team management Right. But I would say a combination of a little bit of, you know, XFN collaboration, a little bit of strategy, a little bit of, you know, uh, execution is what makes a typical PM calendar. Yes. What do you enjoy the most, though? Um, that's a good question. I think I am good at execution. I'm really good at execution. <laughs> but I enjoy 
heads down time where I can actually focus on strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get much of that. Why uh, not? Just because of your position? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't get a lot of heads down time on any given day. So it's intentionally, I have to create time and, you know, uh, but I am, I'm, I'm good at execution, but I enjoy the time where, you know, I get a few hours of undisturbed time where I can just go and think about, you know, the problem and noodle about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy that. Makes sense. Yeah. So what do you think, like, how can a product manager, once they enter the field, how can they upskill and improve in their field? Um, just connecting question, are there any certifications or courses you would recommend? Um, I personally haven't done any certifications or courses, so I am, I'm not the right person to guide on that. But um, when it comes to upskilling, right, um, there's, a, there's a few different types of upskilling here. The first is just getting better at the core competencies a PM should have. Mm-hmm. And honestly speaking, the thing that worked the best for me is just doing it. I have read books, but I personally felt I actually, you know, learned and understood what that what something meant only after I did it. On the job, yes. Uh, that's the best teacher, like just doing it. So mm-hmm. what would help over there is uh, just trying out different things, working on different products, mm-hmm. right? Like working on, when you work on an enterprise product and then a small business product and then a consumer product, you learn different things. Yes. Right. When you work as a feature PM versus a growth PM or, you know, a platform PM, you learn different things, right? So just making sure that, you know, depending upon what your career goals are, just making sure that you are having that diversity in experiences, I think will definitely help you upskill and become a more well-rounded PM, especially in your early years. Okay. Right? And as far as, you know, uh, other avenues to upskill, I read a lot mm-hmm. uh, and not just books. I read a lot of blogs. I read, I hear a lot of podcasts and those I think have definitely helped me stay on top of everything that's happening. Right. Um, there's, there's a lot happening in tech on any given week. Yes. Right? So just staying on top of, just being more intentional about, okay, what are the areas I do want to be on, stay on top of? Like I work in integrity and uh, safety. So, you know, I, I make sure that my news that I read is curated enough so I understand what's happening in, in my domain. Right. There was a point in time when I was working on virtual reality. So I, I heard a whole bunch of VR podcasts and followed a whole bunch of folks working on VR. Right. So just making sure that you're being intentional. That's the other trap that most people fall into. Mm-hmm. Um, is there's so much to consume. Exactly. So, so, so much like, to consume. Yeah. Right. In, in any given modality, be it reading, be it um, listening, be it viewing, there's so much. So differentiating signal from noise becomes a very critical skill. Mm-hmm. So I would really encourage, you know, who are, for all the viewers who are listening to this, just be very intentional and also, you know, ballpark sometime, like have, have a bookend that I'm going to spend X minutes or X hours, whatever per day, just for upskilling or learning or whatever works for you and be very intentional on how you spend that time. You're right. Really good advice. Yeah. Because whenever I start reading or, listening to podcasts so there's so much information out there that it sometimes gets like really overwhelming and sometimes they have like different views of like taking different things so I'm always just confused and I like at that point I get just so frustrated that I just want to stop and it's very common right because most modalities that we consume today be it 
an article or a blog or a news or podcast they're, they're structured in a way that they hook you in for they want you to be retained there right so it kind of leads to from you start because you want to read something about let's say what's a good example um chat gpt because everyone's talking about it yes. right and then from there half an hour later you end up about shopping trends Mm-hmm. You know, reading something about shopping trends and you're like, how did I get from there to here? Right. And that's how most products are designed today. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think being very intentional on this is what I want to focus on. Right. That really helps and has definitely helped me. Yeah. Really good points. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you have been in, in the industry for such a long time. How did you make sure and you actually came to this feel like without knowing about it? How did you manage to stay? What do you like so much that you managed to stay for all these years? I, um, there's so many things I like about product management, but I think I really enjoy building products and solving problems. Okay. As cliche as it may sound, I think a lot of times, uh, when I was more junior, I think I just enjoyed the art of solving a problem, right? Now that I've been in the industry for this, this long, I really enjoy finding problems and assessing if it is something if it's a real problem and if it is something that is worth solving right right and um especially in the field that i work in um no decision is ever binary it has never been binary right so there is an art to decision making itself there is there's like so many trade-offs that you have to consider to come up with you know any particular piece of decision and every decision you make has has an has impact so many other people right mm-hmm. so i think i really consider it to be an, an honor that you actually get to this position where you are taking decisions on behalf of others and i i take that very seriously right i take that you know role to role very seriously that you are making decisions on behalf of the users that you serve at the end of the day right and i think i really enjoy that and i think um some people in the product management community we, we call this mind gymnastics Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a PM, you do you do a lot of mind gymnastics. Yes, right. It's never nothing is as ever straightforward. I am very skeptic. <laughs> Somebody says, you know, it's an easy, low hanging fruit. I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> we have to come across, you know, uh, super easy, low hanging fruits. I'm very skeptic about that. I think the industry. This is what happens when you stay as a PM for a long time. <laughs> you become more skeptic about, you know, some of these things, but. Um, I really like the mind gymnastics that this role uh, demands. Mm. I think I I get a sense of satisfaction at the end of the day of doing something good. And um, I think very few roles actually give you that opportunity, right? And I've also launched a lot of products. You know, I think I've launched in my 10 years, eight different products. I've, I've been fortunate to work on eight different products. From I worked on Microsoft Teams. I worked on the first enterprise virtual reality service for Microsoft. I worked on Yammer for a while. Now I work on Messenger and Instagram. I have worked on SharePoint, Office, wow. Outlook. Yeah, I think it's you know very humbling when you take a step back and look at you know wow you actually I've actually worked on all these products that's being used by millions of you know people so um, I really enjoy the high of launching a product putting it out there seeing it take off hitting product market fit growing right I really enjoy doing all of that and I think that's probably why I am still in it (laughs) 
Yes, for sure. That's a huge, huge accomplishment. Like all those products are great. Yeah. So, um, so like a follow-up question on that. So um, you mentioned that you have been making sure about the users, like all their problems are being solved. So figuring out about the problem. So once you figure that problem out and when you're rolling uh, that product out to the customers, um, for every company I know it's different. So just want to know for Meta, is it rolled to a specific amount of people first or generally? Well, we experiment in a variety of ways. Uh, I think most companies do. I don't want to speak just about Meta, but um, most companies, I think figuring out that's also where, you know, your expertise as a PM and potentially partnering with your data science counterpart comes into picture, like segmenting your experiments the right way so that you get the right signals out of it. Yes. Right. So figuring out that you have a good hypothesis to begin with and making sure that your prob your product or the whatever is your uh, solution or there is sort solving the hypothesis in, in what you think is the right way. And then segmenting it in a way that you're able to get the right signals mm -hmm. is requires good thinking. Um, you know, and, and and these are all the nuanced things that I think you will start to appreciate as a PM. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, so we have launched experiments in a variety of ways. Some are based on uh, cohorts, like we segment users. Some are based on, uh, you know, some are specifically for power users. We want to test something out. Some are based on markets. Mm -hmm. Right. We have, I have back in the day. I've tested products only to specific markets to see how the you know metrics are. Some are just to test the infra. So we test to low risk users first. Yes. So that you know, uh, you're not impacting the top line metrics. So mm -hmm. I've done it in so many different ways, honestly. Wow, okay. I have a lot to learn. <laughs> um, so how, uh, if you have interviewed anyone in the past, how can one stand out as an applicant for a product manager knowing right now it's a competitive field, especially for the early grads and then there's like so many layoffs right now? What would yeah. you like? You know, that's a very good question, Rukhida, because right now, I think in the last two, three, three years, PM has really taken off. Like yes. product management and product managers, it's really, really taken off that I, on an average, get about 50 messages on LinkedIn wow. per week asking the same question. I want to become a PM. How do I start? Like it's literally the same question, right? Now, I, I'm, I'm currently a software engineer. I want to become a PM. How do I become one, right? So, and I've done my fair share of, you know, interviewing at, across both companies that I worked on. I would say... In, in no particular order. <laughs> um, one is be really clear on why you want to be a PM. That's the first question I ask. Mm -hmm. So someone comes and asks me, I'm like, I'm like, why do you want to be a PM? And seven out of 10 times, it's for the wrong reasons. Right? Like people are like, well, I don't like coding. I'm like, that's not a good answer to be a PM. Exactly. It's not. <laughs> not, right? Well, I like uh, talking to people. Uh, it's like a small part of being a PM, but that's not the entirety. And sometimes they're like, well, I have managed, you know, I, I do scrum really well. I'm like, that's not a PM role. That's a scrum project management. Right. Exactly. It's a program or project management. So my point being, be really clear on why do you want to be a product manager? Like, what is it about this role that you love, right? And let that shine through in your response, yeah. right? And secondly, also have a really good understanding of why this company like nine out of 10 interviews probably ask you, you know, why, why, why are you interested in company X, Y, Z? Do some research and don't say the generalized thing that everybody else says, mm -hmm. right? Like your interview, especially given the current market conditions, uh, I hope the market recovers soon, but it's extremely competitive. 
It is, yeah. Okay. So be very clear and uh, on why is it that you want to work for that particular company for that particular role, right? And third is don't stick to frameworks. I, I, I have this like, I don't know, I have this like a little bit of an allergic reaction to sticking to a framework because what I've noticed often when I conduct interviews is if you throw them off a little bit from their framework, they get, you know, uh, flustered. Yes. That's the disadvantage of you sticking to a framework, right? And for experienced interviews, like I can tell you in the first 10 minutes, if you are sticking to a framework or if you're actually engaging in a discussion with me, or if you're just like checking off your frameworks, right? So that's the disadvantage. I mean, have some structure. Don't get me wrong. Have some structure. You should have some structure. Sure, yeah. Be, be flexible in that structure that you are actually engaging in the discussion versus always having the itch to go back to your framework to complete your framework. You know what I mean? Yes. So that is definitely a red flag. If somebody is like, when, you're, when we're talking about, let's say, market segmentation, and I'm asking you about your go-to-market plan, mm -hmm. you're not able to engage with me in that and you immediately are trying to just go back to that segmentation and complete your answer. I'm like, yeah, that's not really a positive signal. Right. So that's one. And the last thing I would say is um, really work on communication skills. A lot of times when somebody is on a borderline hire, communication can actually make or break the deal there. But how do you show that in an interview? Just being very crisp. Mm -hmm. Right. Be very crisp. Even when I ask you, tell me about yourself. Tell me the minimum set of communication. That's why it's hard. Right? Like people often focus so much on cracking their product sense interviews, cracking their estimation interviews, cracking their behavioral interviews and, you know, metric interviews. They forget about communication. Yes. When I'm asking you a metric, if you are not able to come up with a metric that is simple enough, but, you know, and that just solves the problem, right? That, that, that is how you set yourself apart, Right by clearly communicating and taking your time to actually you know think through how you want to approach this bringing me the interviewer along with you taking ownership of the interview right most interviews and and I learned this I've shadowed a whole bunch of excellent interviewers I would say and this is what I noticed good interviewers really appreciate when you the candidate take ownership of the interview like we want you to run the show if you constantly require the interviewer to interrupt, right? I mean, some interruption is okay because you're still having a discussion there. But if you constantly require the interviewer to interrupt you to kind of steer you in the direction we want you to go, you know, that's probably a red flag there. And that's where communication really comes handy, that you are able to know exactly if I understood or not understood. Even saying simple things like, let's say you came up with a hypothesis. Right. And then you went through the steps and you're like, okay, just to reframe, Profeta, where we are right now is we, are, we have this hypothesis mm -hmm. and we brainstormed XYZ solutions. And we're going to dive into solution X because of ABC reasons. Are we on the same page? Mm. Just doing things like this will really help, right? In taking control of the interview. And these are, I think, the lesser known things that people don't focus on that can make or break an interview. I love those points <laughs> for yeah. sure because for me it was like I never went to more like an interview stage for product management I got it through like an internship which was a little easier I would say 
Um, but when I'm hearing all those, um, like, especially the examples, I love it. Thank you. Of course, yeah. And I think, you know, now we are at a stage where there's an explosion in product management in general. I think this is one of the more sort of roles mm -hmm. right now. Um, I don't know if it's a trend or if it's here to stay for long. I am not super sure about that just yet. Uh, but PMs also are slightly at a disadvantage because there's lesser roles compared to a software engineer, for example, right? Because typically, you know, most companies have a one is to 10, or if you're more senior then one is to 15 or 20 ratio, right? For a PM. So there are, uh, there is a mismatch imbalance when it comes to demand versus supply, right? So just making sure that you really prepare for a PM interview and just don't wing it um, makes a lot of difference, I would say. Yeah, linking to the same point we started with like PM, like it's maybe like a lonely job. So again, we are only one. So that's why they're maybe not hiring as much. Yeah. So just linking it to that thing. So definitely. Um, what do you think, like since people come from like different backgrounds right now, um, is there any specific background you recommend like for students watching uh, and who wants to get into product management? Any specific background do you think of they should have? I have honestly worked with PMs from so many different backgrounds. I work with PMs who are fashion designers. I work with PMs who are environmental, you know, uh, engineers. I work with PMs like me who studied computer science and thought they were going to be a software engineer, but ended up becoming a PM. Um, I would say, you know, if, if you're trying to translate this, there's two parts to this question, right? One is if you are a student mm -hmm. and you don't have any work experience, don't choose PM because it's easier than another role that you're considering. That's not easy, I would say. It's not, not easy by yeah. any means. I mean, even even if you are managing to kind of crack the interview and get a job, growing as a product manager into like the higher ranks, it's it's a lot of work. You you require you need to excel in the core competencies, and it goes beyond just setting up meetings. I think people have a really uh, it pains me to see the you know misunderstanding that people have about product managers in general um good pms add a lot of value to their team right they add a lot of value uh both in terms of creating clarity and helping with execution and delivering right good impact for the team uh so point number one is you know just be really think through like what are the aspects of a product manage, manager role that really excites you what about product management you know uh, intrigues you that you want to consider this just just go through the thought process on on your own and talk to a few pms understand what the role is like before taking the plunge into it and secondly if you're transitioning which was you know primarily your question you're transitioning from another role uh just try to map your core competencies and the skills that you have you know exhibited in that role into uh what is required for a pm there are so many transferable skills yes Right. If you are, let's say, transitioning from, you know, a designer to a PM, then you are awesome at, you know, coming up with, you know, user experiences. You're awesome having that end-to-end user-centric thinking. Right. You are able to put users first because you've done that as a designer. Let right. that shine through. Let that really shine through in your, you know, resume, in your interviews. Right. Just mapping your the skills that you have demonstrated in your current role into what is required for a product manager and also identifying the deltas where you have to, you know, there might be some skills that you have to learn net new. Just be transparent with that. Yeah. Right? 
because that's the case with any role right if a pm is a, you know wants to become a marketing manager then it's the same case right you're you're excellent at some things you're okay in some things and you're really lagging behind on other things but i think a lot of people don't communicate this clearly just be very clear on what are your transferable skills and why are you awesome at that right and i would say you know again going back to my first point of there's no i think the, the boon and bane of product management is anybody can be a pm right provided you are really clear on why you really understand the role and a lot of people also get confused between product program project management even product owner as well yeah oh yeah that too right but because a lot of companies use these terms very interchangeably right uh, and few companies have a program manager and a product manager and the lines are pretty blurry between those two right so i think a lot of people get really confused on well do i really want to be a program manager or a product manager or a project manager or a product owner i mean they're all good roles yes right? everything has its merits and demerits but i think you just have to go through the you know process of understanding very clearly what do each of these roles do and what is it that i want to become mm -hmm. i love that so basically just asking yourself oh, why you want to do this yeah. because if you're doing this that would be definitely for a long time so you would rather enjoy that or even if you want to switch to any other careers but you would rather be somewhere you like and yeah, somewhere I mean, you just have to justify the effort you're putting in right? uh -huh. the only thing that i recommend people steer away from is picking product management because they don't like another role mm -mm. right that's that's a recipe for disaster yeah so just you know it's okay if you want to try being a pm for an year or two and then switch to something else because you know that's completely okay experimentation is you know is is in fact recommended mm -hmm. right when you experiment you you learn a lot about yourself about other things about the role but don't switch for the wrong reasons i guess is my underlying point here yeah makes sense um so just last question what advice or last words would you have for people who are watching this who wants to transition into the field i'd say shadow a pm and take on opportunities uh while you are in your current role that 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 give you some exposure to what a pm would do right typically things that i say when people come and talk to me to to uh to um uh, discuss about you know how do i get into break into product management right i would say if you work in a company where there are product managers shadow them right like ask someone to be your mentor and write a brief go write a product brief right like write your first strategy document write a pr faq yeah right? see if you like these things like when you're actually doing the job see if you enjoy doing that right exactly. like volunteer you know either in your company or when you go and tell a pm that hey i have some bandwidth i want to help you 9 out of 10 of them will probably take you up for that wow okay because pms are often overstretched yes they are right they are probably you know, so so i mean obviously make sure that you have you know alignment with your manager and all of that stuff the logistics apart but um shadow and you know take a small scoped project and lead see if you like it right see see if the things that you should be doing naturally as a pm come naturally to you mm -hmm. right and shadow you know a good product manager in your current team or current company and have them mentor you and see because the easiest way to transition is within your company if there is a pm role yes right the next step to transition into product management if you don't have experience is through this rpm apm programs yeah 
right? Because um, these programs are designed for people who have been working in the industry in some shape or form, mm -hmm. but are new to product management. Yes. Right? So the program itself understands the limitations and the skills and strengths you come with. And it's designed that way so that you get a good two years or 18 months or whatever is a cadence of you know rotating into different um, teams and building different products and understanding, do I really like this job, mm -hmm. right? Then I would say try within your company, next APM, RPM, then get into the pool because in the broader pool, there's a lot of competition right now, right? Okay. You are competing with a lot of experienced folks. I mean, not that you wouldn't crack it, obviously, you know, it's, it's anyone's game, provided you put in the effort. But generally speaking, right, if you're new to the you know, the field in general, you might just have a higher success rate uh, if you go through the first two paths as uh, compared to the third one. Yeah, even like the second path right now is competitive. You it know, the layoffs and stuff, like yeah. I've heard from a lot of people that it's very, very competitive. So I yeah. even started hearing about like a third option of like uh, maybe we can build your like we can build our own products and showing yeah. that on your resume. I think oh, there's yeah. a lot of things that actually came up recently. Um, there are product schools which actually teaches them, but I I still think I'm not very um happy about those schools. I think I'm maybe opposed to those schools just because it's maybe on the job training instead anyone teaches you. That's just my I mean, thing. Here's the thing, right? Like I. I mean, I appreciate people trying to teach, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and bring more clarity to any role, not just product management. But I think um, what anyone should watch out for is the credibility there, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and, and and same goes to like, you know, if I'm saying something, just make sure that you're vetting me <laughs> and that I, I have credibility to tell you something, mm -hmm. right? I mean, giving advice is very free, very easy and it's it's free. Right. Like, you know, how how much weightage you give to that advice is up to you. Yes. Right. I've seen a lot of people talk about, you know, um, growing fast when their own growth has been questionably slow. Right. Mm -hmm. So just make sure that, you know, you are vetting and placing weightage to what you are hearing from any particular person, especially when it's on, you know, the the the, the Internet. And so because you don't want to make decisions that impact your career your life based on someone who probably is not you know the right person to steer you in that direction mm -hmm. right so you just and that is upon each one of us when we consume something we have to make, make sure that we vet that properly and give appropriate weightage to that piece of information right and i think that's the again bone and bane of um the world we live in right now where there's plenty of information yeah. Um, but very few are actually in the position to give that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I completely agree. Yeah. I think that sums up all my questions. Thank you so, so, so much. This was very descriptive. Um, I loved each and every piece of information that you shared. Um, again, I just want to thank you. Um, and I'm like, I follow all your content. It's so good. Uh, it would Thank be good if we can continue doing this. Uh, like, oh, I, starting this I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I, you know, uh, when I first started writing on LinkedIn, I, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, super sure, like, what, what, what am I going to write about that has not been written, done and dusted 25 times already, right? But I think I learned from the community, to be honest, that there, there are unique issues that women face in the workplace. There are very unique issues that moms face in the workplace. And 
you know, there are very unique things that product managers face, mm -hmm. right? And, and you know, I just try to be as authentic and transparent I possibly can, you know, and, and, and there are definitely some topics where I'm not the right person to write and I sh I don't engage in those at all. I'm like, I'm not the right person. I've, I've in fact, have had people ask me, you know, why don't you write about this? I'm like, I'm not the right person to write about this. I don't have firsthand experience and I refuse to write about anything where I don't have the firsthand experience because it's it's a disservice at that point in time. Right. So I'm I'm glad that you enjoy reading and I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Right? I know you and I have been speaking for what, like three months now yes. to do the show. Uh, I'm so glad our calendars finally aligned and um, you're doing a phenomenal job of Thank just, you, you know, uh, putting these conversations out there. And I know the amount of prep work you had to do for this. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. For sure. Thank you again. You take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye.